<laughs> Welcome to Bloom Living. I am your host, Thomas DeShooter, former rock musician turned financial strategist, sharing amazing ideas from amazing people looking to up the game of life whenever we can. Wow. Hey, welcome to the show, everybody. Today is, gosh, what? It's Tuesday, May 7th, 2019. I have been uh, doing a lot of back and forth. And what I mean by that is I've, I live on an island and uh, I have an office in Vancouver. And so I've been traveling back and forth from, from home office to the uh, Kitsilano office. And I've been traveling to see clients up in the interior. And it's been great. It's been uh, exciting as I you know, restructure my own business world and how that looks. And I really look at that as, a, as an ongoing thing. Uh, the restructuring of, of how I do things, how I think about things is constantly being reinvented. And so yesterday, uh, I was out with, uh, with a friend of mine and somebody who I'm considering uh, hiring on to, of all things, help me build an app. And I, you know, I'm asking myself, what do I need an app for? But I have this calling for some reason that to create transformation and to really work with people in a system that having an app might be might be just the thing to assist people with redefining how money and prosperity shows up in their lives. But what we talked about, and thank you, uh, Isabel Mercier, and something we talked about yesterday was the opportunity to create our lives and how we have that that opportunity on a moment by moment basis, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, however much work you want to put into that is how much opportunity is in front of you. And, uh, and I would say that creating our lives is in fact what we're here to do. And, and if we, you know, there's a longest time that I didn't, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand that I'm, I actually have the opportunity on an ongoing basis to create my life. I just kind of did stuff, not putting the two together. Like, you know, there was a time I was in a band. There was, you know, a time I wanted to write a book. There's right now I want to take dance lessons, like whatever that looks like. I never thought about I'm actually creating my life, but that is the treasure. That's what we get to do every day. And we get to do that. And so if you're listening to this and you're thinking about that, there's some, there's some key points that I want to bring to the table that, that I work on on a daily basis that I'm sort of tuning into to figure out, oh, that's how it works. So one of them is imagination. So everything I do at some point started in my imagination and really started as a conversation and how I speak and, and the things I think about and all those things add up to my imagination. And once I imagine something, the next part of that is, well, what can I do with that? What can I do with that imagination? Well, I can do nothing. That's one option, right? There's nothing that says I have to do anything that I imagine. There's nothing that says I must go out there and do X, Y, Z just because I thought of it. But if I'm truly inspired by something, if something is truly showing up in my thoughts or in my, you know, as I like to refer to, down in my stomach, that, that, that gnawing feeling to get up to something or to do a particular thing. If that's showing up on a regular basis, then, you know, I'll ask you this. Do you think that maybe that's what you're here to do? That right now in this moment, that's something that you're here to take part in? That we 
maybe we don't just want to push it aside and go on to the you know stuff that we just comfortably regularly do maybe that is the best life you can live and i'm just saying maybe because you know i don't know i don't have the answers to everything but i know that when i react to those things when i tune into how i'm really feeling the thoughts that I'm thinking, the words that I'm speaking, when all of that stuff begins to align into creating my life and my imagination starts to flow and I come up with these things like, oh, I have to do this, then I, then I start moving in action. And there's a couple of things that I need along the way. So one of them is zeal. And this word is like, nobody uses the word zeal anymore. It's kind of like this forgotten word. But zeal is like having just that uh, for life, that desire to just crush it, to go out there and really hit it hard and, and love what you're up to. Love every opportunity that is in front of you. That's for me is what zeal is, is having that ongoing fervor to just be living moment by moment with whatever's coming at you and, and really finding within yourself that vigor to live your life. The next thing we need is will. Because I'll tell you, when you decide that you're going to go out and do something, and it's typically something that you likely didn't know yourself to be able to do, and most people that know you already don't see you in that light because this is probably something new that you're going to take on. So most people don't know you as this. You might not even know yourself as this yet. Well, it takes will and determination. We, in order to have these things, we must push through all of those boundaries. We must push through what the naysayers will do, including ourselves. I mean, we can be our worst critics and we can say the worst things about ourselves. If we, you know, if we allowed people to talk to us the way we talk to ourselves sometimes, it'd be, whew, like you'd be friend, you, you would unfriend everybody. But seriously, we need to fight through the stuff that comes up, the things that are going to get in your way. That's the growth. Like the beauty is, is when you get to the other side of that stuff, it's like, whoa, huh, that was easy. What's next? What's next? What's next? And getting back to the conversation that I was having yesterday with, with Arnold, we were talking about, you know, he stepped out into the business world. He stepped out into creating what he wants to create in his life. And he realized at some point that it was a fear, you know, that there was a fear there. And I, I've certainly had that. But now, and now what I've noticed is the fear is more on what if I had to go do a regular job somewhere? Like what if I had to go work for somebody? To me, that's now fearful because I feel like there would be trappings there. I would be tapped on what I could do on my own creative ability on, on how much would I have to dial my energy and myself down in order to fit in to what somebody else views as the calling. So it was, it, it was interesting to me how I used to have also this fear about stepping out. And now that I'm used to doing that and pushing myself and challenging myself, the exact opposite of that is actually become fearful. So back to my three points or four points, we get to create our life requires imagination, requires zeal, zeal, and it requires the will to do it. And what I have found on the last part, will, 
goes hand in hand with having the right people in my life to have the right support at those times when things don't look so great, when things look bleak. Fortunately, I have a great partner, not only in, in marriage, in friendship, and in business. Uh, Leslie has, has just become a real rock, a real foundation in my life. I have a great group of men that I can rely on in my being man group. And so I've surrounded myself with people that I can go to for support. And, and that is critical is who are you hanging out with? Who are you spending time with? And, and are they building you up and, and lifting you up? You know, these are, these are things we want to surround ourselves with. All right. I have somebody who is what I would consider to be uh, a master around this stuff and somebody that I have called on on a few occasions in the short time that I've known her to assist me with getting a little more in tune with who I am and what I'm about to. I'm going to bring her in here. So Shaley Edwards is the creator of The Habit Book. And uh, as I read her bio, I'm bringing her in. So Shaley is the creator of The Habit Book, which helps people transform from the inside out using a unique methodology and data-driven structure. Clients are led to see old things in new ways. This gives them the freedom to make new choices that better align with their true objectives and dreams. New consistent habits, new results. After three years in consulting, Shaley started coaching physical transformations to find that real sustainable change is actually top down. For the last four years, she's coached incredible individuals to new levels of self-mastery, health, and joy. Recently, she's opened to applying what she's learned with individuals to organizations that want to enhance their culture or better connect with their customers. Habitbook now also offers products grounded in the same knowledge for people to use on their own without coaching which is kind of me, is coaching. Shaylee Edwards, welcome. So great to see you. Yeah, likewise. I loved your introduction. Um, well, not of me, but I mean, I appreciate that. But also what you were talking about earlier, um, I think you did such a great job connecting vision with the work. Um, and what I've found in working with people, there can be that, that that gap between those two concepts is so scary because it looks different for each person. It's really difficult to decide where to start and if you already have. Yeah. So, so what do you mean by that? Like where to start and if you already have, like, uh, let's, let's try to break that down a little bit. So, because you know, for me, it's like, Oh, I could do this or I could do that or I could feel this way or I could feel that way. And, and it could be overwhelming at times. Like so many different things that maybe maybe somebody just wants to like, oh, I'll just go back to having a sandwich. Like, like that, that's the easiest path, right? Is the, the stuff we already know. So what is, some, what is something somebody can do to even just start building like a building block to moving forward? I think what I found is actually relaxing into what is and considering the possibility that you already are on purpose and you already are living the direction you're moving the direction that you want. And it seems to be that little shift of perspective that makes clarity in next steps more accessible. Right. So, so what you're saying, if I'm, so if I'm going to take this to me, I like to break things down in my, when, when I hear you speak, I like to break it down for myself is that really I should just relax 
into, into my life and just allow, like there's a little bit of surrender, I, I guess a lot of surrender in, in, in most cases, but to even just start, it's really about allowing yourself to surrender to what is, what is actually going on. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, and before we got on air yesterday and today, I was thinking, what could I leave? What was, what would be really important for me to pass on? And actually, ironically, it was sort of, um, texture to the process in a way that made it feel, um, easier, but also, it takes the mystery out of it, the fantasy out of it. So when, and when you relax into the center, to the moment when you surrender, really what you're giving yourself an opportunity to do is intake the information that's there and respond. And that center that you're talking about, that vision, it, it really translates to a, this feels good, this doesn't feel good. And when you slow down and open to what is, then you can find that thread and that's the one that you kind of like hold on to as this unplanned, completely unexpected journey unfolds. Mm. I love that. So if we allow ourselves, so here's what I, here's what I took from that. If we allow ourselves to first of all, just be in the moment and then follow the thread of what feels good as opposed to, you know, things that, make you go, Oh, I don't really know about that. Like, is that what you're saying? Like, if I don't really know about that, but this here really speaks to me and I want, you know, I want to feel good. Then if I follow that, chances are it's connected to with who we are. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Uh, similar to the Joseph Campbell, follow your bliss. But what's sort of ironic about that is, um, this, the spiritual path, this, this path to self-realization isn't really like rainbow road. Um, <laughs> the, the work that you were talking about earlier, you did such a great job in, in adding again, texture to it. That makes it real. It's saying that the work is internal. It's, it's becoming okay with doing something that might not have a very concrete return on investment. You might not know it's feeling comfortable and putting yourself out there in a new way where your existing connections might not validate that that's true for them. So it, it's a really interesting experience that I found to be really just actively living. So it's not resisting, but really working with what life is giving you and sort of riding and surfing rather than like really trying so hard to make it, oh, well, this doesn't look like the vision that I thought. Well, it's, it's sort of like, it's an, it's an unfolding. Mm. You just brought up something really, uh, really critical for me. And that is the idea that it has to look a certain way. And, and I sort of look at it, I, I kind of put it in this, in this context that where I'm at now is what I want to do is have like the grand vision. Like this is, you know, ultimately this is where I want to get to how that looks in the end. I have no idea. And I don't want to limit it by my own limited thoughts. Like I, cause I don't know what I don't know, right. Moving into the future. So I would rather just say, Hey, you know, for me, one of my goals uh, this year is to really pick up my speaking engagements to get out into the public more often and get live and interactive with people and, and have that fear of what am I going to say? How's it going to go? Because 
that I don't know what it's going to look like in the end. I don't have like, hey, I want to be talking to an audience of 100,000. I don't care about that part. It's the getting out and doing and then allowing whatever to expand to expand. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. Now, did you have something you want to say? Because I have a question for you. Go ahead. I want to take, so what you were saying, I want to take it back a little because I love real life examples. So in your own life, you know, as I read your bio, it's like you were here and then that led to here and then that led to here and now you're doing what you're doing today. Mm-hmm. What was that journey like for you? Like what did it take for you in order to move through those things? Like what were the, what were the biggest struggles if you, if you can recall them? Like what, what did you come up against in getting to the place you are today? That's a great question. Um, so I think our understanding changes as we move along the path. At any point, you turn around and you say, uh, look, look what, what was. It must because of, be because of this. And you make these conclusions and craft this story. And then you take a few more steps and the context changes and how you assign value and meaning changes as well. So the story that I would present to you today would be completely different than the story I presented six months ago and will probably be different than what I understand six months in the future. And part of my process was becoming okay with that, knowing that it isn't something that I need to understand or even necessarily explain. But what I found in my own path, um, I've had a really, um, and this is uh, something I've come to terms with in the last six months, sort of the recognition and the validation of the amount of trauma and difficulty that I've experienced in life. And in doing that, what I found was, it's like I thought that I was making conscious choices along that path, but I think I really was just sort of like bouncing one way or the other. But with the meaning that I assign currently, it's almost like I was collecting different pieces of information that now I can weave together into this expression that adds perspective to other people. And so, so for me, I guess the path has been really, um, it's been interesting. (laughs) And, and I think in surrendering to a life that's led by your heart and sort of this, Oh, I guess we'll just like, I'm going to go for it. I think there has to be a level of discomfort in your current life that makes that enticing. If everything's meh, you like kind of meh with it. But when shit's really bad, then you're like, you know what? I'm going to try something else. (laughs) Um, So I've been, I've been really fortunate with the talents and gifts that I kind of landed with and have been able to cultivate during this entire experience. And my, the way that I see it now is I sort of show up and I, I look what's within arm's reach and I just try to do the best I can with it there. And while I have this feeling in my heart of where it's going, I know that my duty is to this, like whatever I can touch currently. Hmm. Thank you for that. How much do you, uh, how much do you work to get out of your head and into your heart? Cause that's something, uh, that's something I, you know, it's like my analytical brain wants to break it down. You know, I mean, I'm, 
I, I was a stockbroker for a number of years. I'm a numbers kind of guy. Like I, you know, the analytics and, and the last year and a half has been so much focus on getting out of my head and into feeling and loving and caring. But like, so how much of that is a part of your process? Well, at any given time, it's, I feel phase develop, a development theme. And so there'll be a phase where I'm very intensely working on one puzzle and then that puzzle sort of completes and then a new one begins. And when I was working on that puzzle, what I found to be really helpful was examining thinking itself and asking questions like, how valid is this? I did some um, logical fallacy training, um, took an online law prep, law school prep course, just different ways to think about thinking so that I could come to understand its limitations. And so when I start to get active, I recognize that those things aren't valuable. There's nothing I can really do with them. And so that's kind of created a space for me to say like, okay, I hear this and then kind of like almost like curtains, push it aside and make space for what is. Wow. So that's like a, that's like a practice really. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of practice, uh, one of the things that I've uh, seemed to have been having a number of conversations with people about lately is practice. And um, you know, I've sort of looked at life now as that everything is a practice, like how I, <laughs> how I react, how I work with my kids, how I separate business from uh, family with my wife, like, like all of those things are, I'm practicing every day at them. And then I have intentional practices. And I'm curious, uh, you know, you and I have spent some time talking together, but I don't know sort of what your daily life looks like. What do you, I, you know, I see you work out a lot. I know you push yourself in a, lot of, uh, in a lot of physical ways, but what are practices that you have in place that allow you to get grounded, to really hone into who Shaley Edwards is? Well, again, I think um, at any given time, that answer would be different. Mm. And Currently, what that means to me is my number one practice um, is acceptance. And to, to me, that means not trying to fix anything. And in that, it opens your awareness in a way that more possibilities become present. Um, and then on top of that, awareness in general that is non-objective or non judgmental is really helpful. So for me, I use my habit book and collect different data points. Um, I have found, regardless of what I'm working through developmentally at a spiritual level, the maintenance of my physical body makes a huge difference in how easy or enjoyable that is for me. Um, What was interesting during this last, um, I guess it probably ended around December of 2018, I experimented because quite a curious person (laughs) with absolutely no structure and what does that look like and no practices. And I sort of unraveled everything that I had in place. And it's almost like the sausage casing of my life came out and everything sort of just like tumbled open, which was great because I got to perceive things in a completely different way. And my relationship with the things that are work now is so healthy because I see the value. So I have validated for myself why it matters if I eat a certain way, why it matters if I Mm. think a certain way, if I put these practices in place, Mm. I have a structure now that doesn't feel 
constraining, it feels like freedom. Right. That's so great. Um, you know, speaking of like testing, <laughs> I do love to test things. One of my tests is dessert. <laughs> Uh, and so yesterday I, I, I had dinner with, uh, my friend Arnold and, uh, and I decided to have dessert because I have actually really been focused lately on eating at a much higher level than before, uh, with intermittent fasting and really being conscious of what I'm putting in. And, but I have these breakdowns, I have these moments where it's like, I'm, I'm giving in. What is, what is interesting to me though, is the last three times I've done that my sleep has been horrible. So, you know, it's like, ah, oh, I can actually put, now I can actually see the pattern that I don't sleep well when I end up putting a bunch of sugar into my body around six o'clock at night. Doesn't work for me to have a good sleep. Mm-hmm. And so is that, that's that what you're talking about? Were you able, as you let that stuff go, you were able to then see why you do certain things, where the value is? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so what's interesting, so everything is pretty contextual. So going back to what you opened the show with about the heart vision, those types of experiences mean something different within that frame. So if you feel like you're living on purpose and you're having this experience, then it becomes a lesson, a step forward. But if you're not connected or allow for the possibility that this bigger frame exists for you, then those things become obstacles to, to avoid or be afraid of or be ashamed of when it, it really is just a tiny little switch that says, you know what, I'm going somewhere and I'm open to know what that is. And then when you turn that light on, as you move through difficulties, which exist on whatever path you're on, then they become opportunities and not obstacles. Mm. It's a refinement of process, similar to what you're saying with practice. Right. Right. So with the work that you do with people, um, would, are there general, you know, are there generalities that, that everybody struggles with? Like, is it, you know, is it a fear? Is it shame? Is it not feeling good enough? Like, are those regular occurrences within the scope of our humanness? Would you say? Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, I recognize that my data set, the population that I work with, probably isn't reflective of the entire population. I attract a very certain type. Um, But the type that I do attract, who's very bright, very ambitious, good hearts, but probably have had some kind of um, negative feedback externally that's caused them to close off an area, the things that you listed are very prevalent, where... um, we do a lot of possibility work where it's just opening the door again because maybe their heart had been crushed before. So it's opening the door and saying, you know what, that didn't work before, but that doesn't mean it's, it's not going to work now. Or we do what you're talking about with the self-awareness where we're creating a different equation around things like cake, where it's saying like, Hey, I, I, I think this thing, I think this thing, I think this thing, so I keep making this choice. But when you bring in additional information, then it's not so obvious that this is what you're going to do. Actually, this becomes more attractive. And it's that um, awareness of a longer time frame uh, of it's understanding that there is a pattern and it's not so random that gives you that sense of control to navigate the obstacles again with just a different hat on. You're saying, you know what, this isn't meaningless. This is an opportunity. I, I think so much of 
like ninja training where um, it's like, oh, wow, great. Look, another opportunity to practice not caring what other people think, you know, like it's, it's allowing for those things that come across your desk to be opportunities to better, even if it, it sucks. Right. <laughs> I love that. Another opportunity to experience this. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> That's so funny. I was just thinking about that. Like, you know, I get these crazy, like I was sharing off the top. Uh, you know, I met with this person yesterday to talk about building an app for Bloom Strategies. And and as we explored it, it sounded like going into it, it was like, ah, I got to do this. It's a great idea. It's the greatest thing in the world. We're having an app. Woo! And then as we explored it yesterday, I was left with, I was sitting there going, I had all of this resistance started to come up, right? All of this like, no, that's not going to work. Who do you, why do you think an app's like, who's going to want to use your app based on experience of other things? How are you going to get people to, so I really saw how I was starting to meet this real like rejection of this. I like, I don't, yeah, this is probably not going to work for us. And so I, I agreed that I would, you know, open myself up to what was possible because in the end, what I really want to do is serve people. And so uh, and I truly believe if I serve enough and if I give enough, lots comes back. Like that's just what I've seen in the existence of my life and by examples of other people that the more we give, the more comes back to us, right? If you want more love, you got to give more love. That's just kind of, it's kind of like, that's the way it works. So what was interesting is I woke up this morning and uh, I had a shower and I came out of the shower and I had woke up this morning. I did my morning practice. So I I'd meditated. I had done some real critical reading and filled my, you know, I filled my cup with stuff that makes me feel great. Right. Had a shower and I came out and I was like, oh, we could gamify everything. Like what if, what if doing your balance sheet, your net worth statement, you got points for doing that, which got you to somewhere else, like within the app. Like what if we created the stuff that people don't really want to do around finance, a game where they were rewarded for doing the work. And anyhow, it shifted. like all of that fear again went away to where I'm like, oh, we're going to have an app. It's going to be so great. But I was really uh, interested to see how as soon as we started to get closer to a presentation about it, all of this stuff came up about wanting to run away from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I took some notes while you were talking so that I could dump what was connected and still listen to what you're saying. Um, and I'd like to touch on a few of those. Actually, um, would you, how about resistance? Should we start there? Sure. Yeah. Let's start with resistance. Okay. So what's interesting and, and what's beautiful about what you just said is and again, this comes to the frame, the context, it's understanding what the patterns in your life mean. And so that's a lot of the work that I do with clients. So you've now accepted that that feeling is a signature of an opportunity to go forward and not a sign to stop and pull back. And I think what's really incredible about this path of, of living your truth is the recognition that that never goes away. And I think for a long time in my own journey, because I had experienced so much pain on earth that I was desperately seeking this finish line that I could cross. And on the other side, it would be comfortable and I would know everything and I would feel safe and I would never worry and everything would be okay. 
but that doesn't exist. <laughs> You're human the whole time. <laughs> and I think of, so my first experience with energy work was in July of 2017. And I got a recommendation from a woman to go to this healer and she's a shaman. And I remember showing up at her Miami beach condo and thinking the line from Aladdin, Disney's Aladdin, the genie that's like infinite powers, living space. (laughs) And I just, my mind couldn't quite grasp that here's this individual who supposedly can access all of this information and has all of these talents And they're living in a Miami beach condo in a building that's like 1920. And, and that's judgmental. And that's where I was at that time. And that's okay. But I just, I, it, it took me a while to understand that even if you can access higher perspective, that it doesn't mean you change being human. Mm -hmm. There's never a point where it's like, Oh, great. Like you got it all. And then you just kind of glisten. I, I joke with my boyfriend that, for a long time, I expected the culmination of this path to result in kind of looking like a supermodel, having X-Men type powers, and like a huge ass mansion, you know, like, that's like what the spiritual path leads, where you're like, (laughs) conduit of energy, and you're like, don't worry, I got everybody. (laughs) But but again, you're human the whole time. That's awesome. (laughs) I'm just trying not to... (laughs) I'm laughing at the uh, the supermodel X Men powers, and but you know what? You have those. Thanks. Yeah, we all do. And exactly. It, it's just sort of the awareness that it might not look like what you think it should, but it's there, and that's how you bring. That's the, that's the practice of appreciation to me, where it's saying like there is no better later. There's just now, and so whatever you think you need to get to feel a, a certain way, like that equation is it's. It's, it's like false. Mm. That feeling is accessible now and you can choose at any time you want. The, the things outside, it's really just the process, the journey. It's the trip. Right. You know, I, I, um, this makes me think of my dad. And, uh, you know, my dad passed away in 2007. And so, which, you know, it's still today, like for me, it's still like, really? Like, it just feels weird. And sometimes it feels like, did he exist? Like, did I just make him up? Like it, it's, so it's, it's a, it's an interesting uh, relationship now. And my, and so my dad would say things like, if you don't like my fence post, don't swing on my gate. Right. And that like, for me, the, these little sayings my dad had to build me up have stuck with me. And, you know, I think they're part of the reason that I've been able to push through stuff or been willing, I guess, willing, cause there's a certain amount of willingness. You have to be willing to go forward in the face of things that make you go, uh, this is going to be painful. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't quite mastered that in the world of uh, working out. <laughs> I'm like, you know, do I really want to hurt right now? <laughs> like, <laughs> but that's me. I, yeah, I think the willingness portion is huge. And there is, to me, enlightenment really is becoming okay again with the concept of living alive you're out of pat it's it's not this rote pattern this rote trail that you're you're just running mindlessly it's saying like i'm right here this is the real information that i have 
what's next? What do I want to do next? And it's that act of creation. And in that, there has to be willingness to feel because if not, you can't move forward. Again, there's no matter how well organized your mind is, there will always be things you don't know you don't know. And there will be failings forward and there will be fault, fault, uh, faltering. Actually, also, I wanted to know the zeal word is so good. <laughs> I haven't, I was think I was trying so hard to think of something clever that you could use it with and I'll come back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like who uses zeal, right? That's like 1920s or something. That's not, that's like old movies. You would, you hear that word. Um, feel the zeal with this, like a dance sequence, but I'll come, I'll come back with something. Speaking of dance, I'm really digging my hip hop dance classes. I got to say there. I haven't seen any videos yet recently. Did you post them? I did. I did post the, uh, uh, my Bart Simpson the other day. Oh, I'll have to check it out. <laughs> it's gone because it was oh. in stories, oh. but yeah. Yeah. So my Bart Simpson, I was rocking it pretty good. And then I went to dance class and, and she gave me like a whole bunch of new stuff that I have to know by Friday. So what I'm doing, like just, just so to give context to people, I had this vision. So again, it's back to this imagination, right? So I imagined like, hey, I want to go on stages and talk about money. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm practicing to become a minister as well. So like the joke in my head is, you know, hey, the reverend of money, here he is. right? Like, <laughs> so that's like the little joke in my head about it. And I thought, well, what a weird combination to be putting together is to be speaking about money and to have, you know, a, you know, to be a minister alongside of that. It's not very common. So I wanted something like, when, how can I break ice with people? Like, how can I get just down to, you know, hey, I'm just a regular guy with as many fears and hangups as everybody else that I have to overcome. So one of them for me was, you know, first of all, hip hop music and dancing. And so I thought if I could open up shows when I go like when I go on stage if I could actually open up with cutting this great hip-hop dance routine it would just be like level the playing field right it's like okay if I can do that then I can talk to you about whatever I want to talk about I feel like it earns me the right to then you know go in and I don't need to do that I just feel like for me it empowers me to be able to break myself down to that level I love that idea I think that's great (laughs) I hope we have an opportunity to choreograph something together. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's Thomas here. Thanks so much for listening to the Bloom Living Podcast. We'll be right back with our guest after a word from our sponsors. Do you feel uneasy visiting a bank? Do you struggle to sit through a meeting with your financial advisor and leave having not fully understood what they were talking about? Are you blindly trusting that somebody else understands this better than you? Call Thomas DeShooter and the team at Bloom Strategies to create your financial future. Together, you will break down the game of money so that you win. Learn how to take control of your finances and make decisions based on your core values that put you in the driver's seat of your financial life. No more thinking that you don't get it. No more financial statements left unopened. And no more feeling like you are stuck in a world of scarcity. Join the conversation on Facebook at Bloom Strategies or go to bloomstrategies.com today. That's B-L-O-O-M-Strategies.com. Hey, welcome back to the show. You're listening to the Bloom Living Podcast. And now back to today's guest.
And um, I think with the Reverend Money Connection, so that's interesting. These persons, what is it really? And within that, how does that parallel some, th- some area you've already had success? It seems like the pattern of success that you found in one area, you can basically pick up and move to another area. So I have a client who did a great job recently explaining or noticing how he ramped up his fitness routine where first he was just kind of like, you know, walking somewhere. And then he like, he went and walked at the gym and you know, this, this, this. So now when he's going to tackle another area, I say, look, there's your process of change. It's beautiful. So how does that mirror or parallel the opportunity right here? Wow. So really the reason I I wanted to do a call with you is so I could get some coaching. (laughs) 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 I really do this show to just like fix myself, right? (laughs) Don't we all? (laughs) So I want to, so I think this is, this is great. This is beautiful. and, and I'm willing to be, you know, to, to be vulnerable enough to share. So yeah, for, for me, and, and you brought this to my attention with potato chips. I don't know if you recall, I had this, this thing about potato chips and I love what you said to me, which was like, just enjoy them. Like if you're going to eat them, just enjoy them. Like don't, like don't torture yourself. Don't eat them and hate them the whole time you're eating them. Like actually just enjoy them. And it's interesting because my potato chip intake has decreased rapidly since actually just being okay with when I'm going to have potato chips, I'm okay with it. It's not a big deal, right? It's all, it's all going to be okay. So if we break down my fear of the, I guess, the pain of you know, pushing myself physically, the, the discipline it's going to require for me to do a regular routine of working out and the different, you know, going to the gym, I have this excuse like, oh, I hate going to the gym. That's so I can just, you know, I can just not go now because I hate it, right? Makes it easy. Where do I start with that? When you say, you know, I, I, so I kind of got it. So I write down all the words that I associate with working out or doing exercise. And then where do I take that? Okay, so actually we'll do this live. I'm so glad you want to do this. It's so fun to me. All right, so the first thing you would do is look at what assumptions are inherent in what you're saying. So the first thing you said is the pain of pushing myself. So in that, there is an assumption that there's pain associated with exercise. But dance is exercise. Does that hurt? No. (laughs) Well, it it hurts uh, (laughs) maybe my ego. (laughs) But Well, okay. So then the next part would be the discipline and... What I would take, what I would take you to next would be asking you to parallel that to somebody who was trying to become more healthy financially. And so to them, the pain of pushing themselves would be the pain of saving. Oh, what if I can't have things that I love? And the discipline would be like, oh, but that's not fun to me. The, the budget, it's overtaking. So I just keep pushing those two things, that area you're really comfortable with and know in and out with this new thing and saying like, well, where is it like that there? Where like you role play, put somebody else in your shoes and just switch the script a little and all of the answers you need to move that ball will appear. Thank you. So if I'm hearing this right, if I were to, if I were to you know, break this down into Thomas world, I'm hearing it's just associating differently with it. 
Like essentially what I'm looking to do is instead of hanging on to the truths that I believe are there, which are just my own fabricated story, right? Because it's, you know, I'm the creator of my life. So whether somebody gave it to me and I took it on and decided to own it or I've created it myself, it's my story. And so what we're really looking to do is to shift that story. And if, even if we do it just one little piece at a time, that's the work in transforming any area of our lives. And then what I love that you said is if I know an area that I'm already really great at transforming, it's modeling that area into this new area that I want to. Is that right? Did I, did I get all that? Yeah. I have um, a client who's a vice president at a very large corporation and she is a phenomenal leader. Like this woman kills it, but self-care has been an opportunity for her and valuing herself, her emotional boundaries. So self-care to me is the physical, but it's also the emotional, the mental, the spiritual. It's, it's, treating yourself like somebody you really love and care about. And that had been difficult for her based on her wounding or her, her experience in life. And what we've successfully done is just transpose how she manages her team, how she leads to that. And anytime anything comes up, just ask a few questions that open up the perspective to include, okay, well, that's not something so foreign. I really understand that, that, principle over here and so where are the words different but the concept is the same Mm. Uh, words so this is this is great because one of my readings this morning uh, was the I am Mm -hmm. and you know I am and making statements and how how crucially important how we speak and the words that we think whether we say them out loud and saying them out loud gives them far more, you know, force in our lives than just thinking them. But what we say and what we think those words are how critical they are to our own development. Mm-hmm. So and what I mean by that is, is the obvious ones like, Oh, I'm stupid. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, like saying that even thinking it and then saying it out loud, it, it, we're, we're taking ourselves out. And so what I heard you say with the words is like, it's, it's, it's reshaping things in a way that as we speak them, as we say them, as we think about them, they're powerful for us, not taking us out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you actually, when you were talking about gamifying the app, I've had a similar idea and I would do this in habit book and it's kind of like artistic, silly language for something that has baggage that doesn't serve them. So if you have difficulty doing something, like if chores have a bunch of negative connotations and you kind of constrict and resist, call it something else. Like that tiny little switch makes such a huge difference. And it's really just how you organize and orient in the world around you, which is completely malleable at any time. You can say like, and, and this is huge. Like this was a big breakthrough for me. Um, earlier this or late last year was even if you perfect yourself, the environment is always changing. And so the work is never done. It is always a practice and being okay with that is like, Oh, 
like rest. <laughs> so that was like relief. Like, oh, that's, that's just the way it is. Great. At least I know what I'm in for. Yeah. Right? Like this is what I signed up for. Coming yeah. to this planet, this plane and existing here, this is the game that we get to play. You know, and, and what, what I did start off with is we get to create our lives. Like for me, that's a really big shift in thinking is that it's not a chore. It's I get to do this. Like I, you know, today I get to have a call with Shaley Edwards. Like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. And I could go to fear like, oh, what, are, what, if, I, like, what if I have nothing to say? And what if the show is awful? Like all of that stuff comes up every time. And I just like, ah, whatever. I get to do this is what I ha- sort of hang my hat on. And it allows me to, to you know, live vibrantly into that moment, I guess. And uh, wow. Hey, uh, you in your bio, as I was reading, because uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to move to wrapping things up. So first of all, thank you for all of your amazing insights because I think you're a genius. I've, I've said this to you before, but I do because I've never known anybody that has put together the type of stuff that you've put together and you just seem to keep recreating it and, re- and refining it to a point where it's brilliant. And uh, so thank you for, for the work you do. I, I think it's amazing. I really appreciate that. It means a lot. Thank you. Yeah. Um, the corporate work. So I, I wasn't, I wasn't aware of this. So what does that look like if a company wants to work with you or how does that, how does that show up now um, compared to what you were, what you and I had worked on in the past? So what I found is that the skill set I've developed helps people adapt their behaviors, but also understand a bigger picture. And so it became interesting to me thinking about what was possible Like within the self, there are different slices of us that all think different things. And the work that I do with people is sometimes to get all of those people, even though their perspectives and their desires are different, collaborating almost like a board of directors. So it became interesting to me to think what might be possible in an organizational setting, bringing that same type of work where it's, it's okay, well, how are we different? How are we the same? But but really what's at the very, like what's under this. So I'm still, I haven't worked with any corporations yet or any organizations yet, um, just leaders. And um, it's been interesting and really rewarding to see how their personal development has flowed through to their teams. So I'm just opening that door and, and, expectant i suppose yeah well i think it's a natural progression and once once one shows up there'll be there'll be you know a landslide of them that show up that that's just how i sort of view things will unfold for you is because i I, if you're already impacting leadership on a one-on-one basis and that is flowing through then it's just a matter of time till you know sort of like the dam breaks and it's like well we need to have you come in and Whatever you've done here, we need to have that across the top 10 people in the, on the team or the top 20 or the top whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems like a natural progression. Yeah, it's, it's been really interesting just with the perspective that I sort of had baked in to me um, and that I've always sort of approached things. It seems like everything does flow from the mind. So when I say top down, that's what I mean. And so there are symptoms such as pollution or road rage or 
like all of these different things that are symptoms that flow from this misperception of sameness. And my ultimate objective with my life is really to bring awareness to the wholeness of this, of this system of earth and how interconnected it is. And we're all just kind of like left hand, right hand. And, and while tension is beneficial and contrast is beautiful to further um, creation and, and drive desire, I think there could be this greater recognition of, Hey, Basically, we're all here together. How can we cooperate in a way? How can we create so that what's here is bigger and brighter and and more? And honestly, I think the biggest opportunity there is allowing for the possibility that things don't have to be hard, which is something that I'm working through internally myself because that's where everything starts, right? It's on the inside. And so that's sort of a theme of development for me right now is, is it okay to not struggle? Is it okay? And, and what is the different? Is growth possible in a way that it doesn't feel like you're getting, you're running uphill with a tractor trailer? Can you still develop strength and conditioning and all of those things with different kinds of tension? And what does that look like? Hmm. So I'm not necessarily sure, similar to you, how all of my work will unfold. And that's why, again, I just kind of look at what I can touch right now and what's the best I can do with that. Wow. From the inside out. It's one of my sayings from the inside out. That's like, that's where it begins. I love the tractor trailer analogy. I actually had a moment where I was thinking about me with the tractor trailer attached to me trying to run up a hill. I was like, wow, that would be hard. (laughs) (laughs) Get stronger. And then you could use that strength elsewhere, but you know, it's trade-offs. It's really just differences of experience and allowing for all of those to be options on the table that you can select and work with. Right. It's kind of like uh, vanilla chocolate choose. Yeah. And then you just choose the one you want. Yeah. Right. How do people get a hold of Shaley Edwards? I, I share content similar to this on Instagram. So that's at Shaley two underscores Edwards. I have a website, habitbook.com, where if a person is interested in hearing more about this work and how it might work for them, they can request to set up a consultation call. They're very informal. I just very authentically hear where a person is, and if it's something that I can provide perspective, value, or structure for, I say as much, and otherwise we just get to know each other. So I've met such really incredible people on Instagram, I mean, yourself included, so very open to hearing other people's perspectives and just broadening my own network. Mm. Shaley, thank you. Uh, Yeah, I'll say it again. I am so grateful that um, you replied to my request for contact on Instagram because not everybody does. And uh, I certainly could not know what I would learn from you and the opportunities that I would have to, you know, share what you do in the world. And, and also through, through that, I get to share my, my view in the world, which, you know, is great for me too. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm working to uncover stuff and share it. And so it's been a beautiful connection so far. My, my last thought uh, that I did want to, I did want to cover today books. How many books do you read? Cause it looks like you're like, like that's part of your workout, isn't it? Like carrying around the sack of, of books is like part of the workout. <laughs> yeah. I have probably 10 <laughs> in my gym bag (laughs) rotating through 10 or just you keep the same 10 i'll 
I'll read them till they're finished. Yeah, and then it's replaced them? It's wild how, again, everything's pretty much the same. And I find now that my practice of reading all these different things, it's like I'll read two or three minutes here, 10 minutes there, all these different books, and I somehow walk out with exactly what I need to do that day or start thinking about. Hmm. It's beautiful. Uh, can we do this again sometime? Like, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Shaylee. Thank you so much, Thomas. Thanks okay. for being here. I yeah. appreciate your work. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. Okay. Wow. Uh, great show. Loved uh, just some of the key points that Shaley brought to the table on, on how we can reframe things, the opportunity to reframe things and to, you know, just simply first break them down into, into what do we say about them? And then, and then taking something in our life that we're already really good at or successful at or that we feel is something that we do well and, and analyzing that and going, oh, well, how can I bring that to this area over here? I think that was uh, uh, fantastic advice and something that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go away with and work on with, uh, with my own fitness regime. You know, I, do, I am active. I do things, but it's always a struggle for me and I'd like to, um, I'd like to move away from having that struggle. So, Thanks again for listening to the show. Uh, without, without people listening, it's not nearly as much fun. So thanks for being with us. Again, thank you to our guest, Shaley Edwards. And uh, I will leave you now with this, uh, with this outro. Have a fantastic day. All the best. A huge thanks to today's guest and to you for being a part of the show. Now, if any of the ideas or stories did strike a chord with you, then I'd be honored if you would just take a quick moment to do a couple of things. One, if something in particular did resonate with you and you feel like it would make a difference in the lives of others, then please go ahead and share this through your social media channels. We'd like that very much. And two, if you are feeling compelled to join in on our ever-growing Bloom Living conversation, then hit the subscribe button and we'll show up every time there is a new episode available. You know, it's not only my goal, but it's the goal of our entire Bloom Living team and community to be the very change that we want to see in the world. All ideas begin with a conversation, first with yourself and then with others. So we welcome your voice and we ask that you send along any comments, thoughts, or questions. This is Thomas DeShooter, Bloom Living. I don't I don't want to turn your stomach fast I don't want to get all mired into that sentiment But I think I found me a pocket here There's pipe bones thrown on my television My mailbox of bankers warning Street a drive by